world in episode 77 of the Chamberlain Chance podcast. That feels like a very lucky number. I think this might be the best podcast we've ever done. I am Chance. I'm at the answerchance.blogspot.com. Joining me, as always, is Chamberlain. Chamberlain, how you doing this week? I, I could be playing Nex Machina right now. Like uh, You've got right better things now. to do. Better things to do. For example, you could be recording or listening to this podcast. That's true. That's true. Or I could be doing both at the same time, which would be difficult but worth the effort. Well, I, I guess technically we are recording and listening to it at the same time. True. Did I just get too deep with it? I think I did. That's kind of meta. I think I just blew your mind. It's an extra and layer that I can't handle right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and joining us, thank goodness, is Alex of dailycrackpot.blogspot.com. Alex, how's life treating you? Uh, it's up and down. Really? How's like things, things in the restaurant biz are stressful? Are not great. Mm. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm floating around resumes. Oh no! Yeah, crazy internal politics. So it it went from like for I don't know if we talked about this on the air last week, but it went from like you were probably getting a promotion to uh, maybe not to. Yep, oh. that's exactly what happened. Fuck sakes. Mm-hmm. Twenty seventeen is just a series of kicks to the nuts. Yeah, it is. Office uh, politics, politically. First, no new news on now. Thirteen Sentinels, and now this. Ugh. Oh, keep in mind that Beyond Good and Evil Two isn't a real thing. Yeah, well, it's uh, barely I, a thing. Okay, well, hang on, hang on. Let's let's. I, I actually put that. I realized that we hadn't. I hadn't put that in the headlines. So I put that in my own personal headlines. Mm. So just let me crack this open here. <coughs> so so last week, uh, Alex and Chance, right? I think Alex did. We both told Chamberlain that nah, this Beyond Good and Evil thing looks pretty good. Uh, well, Chamberlain was right in saying that Beyond Good and Evil 2 will still probably never happen, as the devs have said that they are, quote, basically at day zero with development, and that pretty much nothing's been done, so all mm-hmm. hail Chamberlain. And Cell is... I don't know what to, I don't know what to do with them anymore. That well, was, uh... he, here's a correction to that correction. Chamberlain was wrong in saying that Beyond Good and Evil 2 will still probably never happen, as a demo was shown behind closed doors at E3, which ah. featured an open-world city to explore, transitioning yes. smoothly into flying up in outer space, jumping to another system with a different planet. Everything with, like, was... I saw that as well. Everything like, is placeholder, placeholder stuff. Well, None of the real graphics are there. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. The, the, this is the technology that they're experimenting with okay. to see if they can make the game that they want to play. I and mean, that demo is going to be shown to the public tomorrow. They're going to so put the video. So they've got an engine. They've, they've got, got an got engine. An engine. And, okay. You know, at that level, even No Man's Sky looked pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And look what look, happened. Look, that's all fair. That's I, all fair. I stand behind my statement that it will never arrive. And when it does arrive, if it so happens, that will not be the game anybody that wants. You want. That anybody that wants. You want. That it'll anybody X, wants. It'll be XCOM the Bureau. It, yes. And it, Alex like Alex And I will XCOM. love it. Yeah. And it's, everyone else will hate it. It's already way overpromised. We're we're approaching Peter Molyneux territory here. Oh, we're in Peter Molyneux territory now. It's I it's not I mean they did this before. They put out that other trailer with Jaden Page like 7 years yeah, ago. Yeah. And and remember the the one that was like her doing Assassin's Creed shit through a city? Yes. Yeah, yeah it was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like uh 2006. They've, they've done this yeah. several times. Yeah, right. And I, I, yes, I know people have seen it running. And actually Anita Sarkeesian was one of them for somehow. I thought she had a backstage pass or something. I thought oh, she, mm-hmm. I saw her writing something about it. And yes, I know that there are visuals that appear to look like something that they might be wanting to make in the game someday. But this is all... They spent several million bucks on, on, and sales on a trailer. Journal. Yes. And and I'm now... 
it's not going to be, it'll be next generation if there is another generation of hardware. I mean, it's going to be, this is so far off that it's not going to happen. The but heat Ubisoft, death of the universe will come sooner. <laughs> if it, Ubisoft definitely has the money to pull it off. I don't, I don't know. Well, uh, when Ubisoft tries something new, sometimes it can be fucking amazing. Assassin's Creed had three good games. That's right. That's right. Every time they they try to like they realize that man this isn't working, let's try something better. They they ended up with something better. They took Far Cry, which was pretty fucking good, and made it something fucking amazing that mm-hmm. almost all open world games copy. They copy what Ubisoft did with the open world formula. Yes. Now, I've grown as tired of Ubisoft's shtick as as anyone, probably more than most. Like I think I skipped the last two Assassin's Creeds. But every now and again, Ubisoft comes up with Rayman Origins. Every now and again, they make Far Cry 3. So, I'm, you know, I, I want to believe. I want it. I, I want it to be the game that I can see in my imagination. I want to play, like, fucking Fifth Element, the game. That sounds amazing! But you start off as a nobody, the way he described it. Yeah. You don't play one of the main characters. You're a schmuck. Well, we'll we don't Working know. Working your way up through, you know, this Grand Theft Auto in space world. You're a nobody. Well, no, like, okay, man, like, uh, you know, Shepard could be considered a schmuck. Like, you're you're the player character. Well, we'll, we'll get there, because a writer is a schmuck, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> there will be, forewarning, there will be open Mass Effect spoilers in a little bit. Because, I think that's right, because I've completely forgotten what happens in that game. <laughs> <laughs> it's that good, you have already purged it from your active memory, uh, so. <laughs> was, was, there was a villain, right? Um, there... Right? Like you, one, you of the, one of the one of the bad guys, the Archon, I think they call him. Okay, yeah, they gave him a name. Oh. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. That's he's, he's... that's an old tradition, though. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The nothing villain. So, all right, let's just do this then here. So, yeah. I I have been playing Mass Effect and uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, and in spite of of the logical side of my brain going, this isn't very good. I have been enjoying it. I've been playing it pretty much every night, and. And it, it took a Housemark title to make me think about something else, which we'll also get to in a second. So you haven't beaten it yet? No, no, I have not. I've got three of the five planets at 100%, uh, like 25 hours, I think, 26 hours, something like that. Um, but, Alex, am I way off the base when I say that pretty much none of the NPCs have any personality? Uh, I like the Grandpa Krogan. I, uh... I, I I like Jaw. That's the old, about the only one. Jaw is the representative of the new race, the kind of fish-faced race. Yeah, he's not bad. He's not bad. But everybody else is, like, nothing. There's nothing PB happening. PB grew on me eventually. Uh, well, I know, I know, I know. I, I've also decided that I, I'm playing Male Rider, and uh-huh. I decided that oh, Male Rider is such a douchebag he's that Male Rider gets none. I am, I, am, I am making good in the promise of following none of the romance options. Male like, Rider is such a yutz that he gets nothing. <laughs> he's a, he manages to be a douche with no confidence. It's impressive. Yeah, he's not a leader. He, he it's, can't... It's, oh. uh, it's like if I was actually in charge of something, it'd probably sound a lot like this. Yeah. <laughs> and what's interesting is they do call him out on that sometimes. Like he said something like, everybody want to do this? It's, okay. It's not funny. It's devastating because they're yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, it just makes you... It's like if Charlie Brown was a ship captain or something Pretty like that. Much. I mean, it's... <laughs> and yet I keep playing it. I, I went back and I 100 percent of the first is world. Fantastic. Yes, I yeah. It, it, I, I, now that I figured it out, I'm just playing straight soldier. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I put all my stuff into buttons, and the sniper rifle is really overpowered. Holy yes, crap! Oh, I went with uh, infiltrator and just basically I used my squad mates as meat shields, and I'd sneak around and just pick everyone off from the side. I mean, I can I can great. jump into the air, hover, and while I'm hovering, 
yep. draw a bead with yep. a sniper rifle and kill people off behind cover. <laughs> yep, it's, it never gets old. <laughs> so, I mean, that part of the game is good. I just wish that I liked some of the characters. That would be nice, right? Oh, I... In a Mass Effect game. It would be nice, yeah. I like I mean, the I... um, uh, Grandpa Krogan's daughter, who's just like a Krogan with a shitty desk job. That was Yeah, great. yeah, she's not bad. And then the um, the other one that's not bad is the engineer, Gil. Oh, He's yeah, not bad. Yeah. I went and played cards with him on, on in the bar, and I, I decided to not cheat and let him win. Yeah. Um, I should have romanced him. That was an option there, oh, too. Oh, there's a really good bar fight when you finish up uh, the Krogan story. Really oh, good. Like, oh, shit, this is where a lot of money went. Ooh, too much money. <laughs> You've seen so, a couple of those parts already. <laughs> yeah, I... Um, what did you do with the evil... Or not evil, but the AI you find in the ice world? Oh, I'm total pro AI. I just keep okay. Her. I kept her. Yeah, yeah. I, I kept her because the fact that she wants to kill everybody is amusing. So I, yep. I let her hang out with Sam. So that's oh, that's kind of funny. Get a hell moment at least. Yeah, at least one. So <laughs> Mass Effect hasn't done one of those. No, it really hasn't. Wait, yes, they did. Uh, oh, the Geth. One of the Mass Effect Two DLCs that was pretty good. Oh yeah, I didn't with play the autistic the DLC. guy. I didn't play any of the DLC. It, it was really good. Yeah, I think I we've lost. Uh, Oh, no, I'm still here. Oh, no, he's here because he hasn't played any of these. So. I'm soaking it all in. <laughs> okay. And I, 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 like, I, I get where, like, Chamberlain is just basically echoing what Alex said when Alex played it, that, like, graphically, nah, the animations are fucking hideous. Oh, yeah, they're bad. They're uh, bad. The characters are not that good. But, you know, it's fun to play. It is fun to play. It's, it's fun, to, fun play. to play. And that on-hold thing is brilliant. It is. I love what, what, what Alex is talking about is, is you, you, you unlock all these quests, like, dozens at a time. And the game is kind enough to tell you which ones you can't actually make any progress on at the moment. And it puts oh, them shit. on hold. It's freaking yes, awesome. Yeah. It is. It's, it's like the one thing I want other games to steal from this. Except when the combat, too, the hover combat's pretty cool. But the, the, the fact that it has enough respect for my time to say, you know what, don't even chase this quest right now. It, it's locked behind some story missions. You'll get to it eventually. It took this long to, for games to fix the thing where you're, you're going, you know, wiki diving to figure out what to do next. And it's like... Oh, you can't do anything until about two more story events. It's like, well, yeah. fuck, tell me that. I would have really appreciated that in Prey. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Prey got it bad. So, I, mean, I do like that. I, I definitely, I'm definitely going to, to finish it, just because I, I want to see the misadventures of Charlie Brown Ryder yep. in space. That's, He's just that's kind of not pathetic. bad. It's got a good sibilance. Yeah, yeah. Charlie so. Brown Ryder. <laughs> Private Investigator. It's you. Oh. Private Investigator and a porn star. I mean, like... <laughs> The rates are insane where he's at. <laughs> oh. um, but I also put about a half an hour into Nex Machina, the most recent game from Housemark. That looks like and, fun. And I, yeah, I have forgiven Housemark for some of the mediocrity of Alienation. It is really good. It. It's 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 Smash TV slash Robotron. I'm a sucker for voxels. Yep. No, it, it it's got lots of them. Runs at 4K. Looks very pretty. It's also pretty hard in places. I was playing it on on just the easiest level, and I didn't want to continue because the easiest level will give you unlimited continues to just kind of bull your way through the game. And I made it to the th- uh, through, I think three and a half of the five worlds before I lost all my lives. Very nice. So I'll, I'll come back and finish it off with continues, like, but then like three hits and game over. Uh, well, no one. No one hit is a life. One Ooh. hit, but you can get a shield, and there's another hit there. There is the way oh, no, no, the po- yeah. So you die and start over three times, and then you're done. No, no, no. I mean, well, yeah, that's it. But you could also get a shield where you can take an extra hit. Okay. Yeah, but you, there, I saw a video where there was five lives. I thought. 
You can, yeah, you have five lives. You have five yeah. lives per continue. Yeah. yeah. The, I mean, the way powers drop, because you start out with just here's your guy and here's your pea shooter, and the way powers drop is actually kind of random. So in the couple of times I played, I didn't always get the skills that I wanted right away. They're all available eventually. It's kind of the order in which they drop. But oh, if you so don't... Like Diablo spin on Yeah, it. if you don't get a triple the triple dash, because the dash is invincible, and you need that because there are barriers that you can't get past without dashing through them. One of the first pickups I got the first time I played was the triple dash. You could chain three of them in a row. It was really nice. Next time I played, I didn't get that, and I really missed it. <laughs> so, no, it's... It's good. I cannot get behind them charging twice as much on PlayStation Network as they are on Steam. What? It's ten bucks. It's, it it's ten. I believe it's ten bucks on Steam and twenty bucks on PSN. Uh, I might have to. I'm looking this up. I that's, might that's, have to pick that sucker up. We, we, we do some little research for me. Chance will check, but I'm almost positive that they're overpriced on PSN. It's it's definitely really good. It's twenty bucks on Steam. It is twenty bucks on Steam. Strike that. Thank you for correcting my. I was about to say, like, I don't think that's ever happened. Like uh, a really big price disparity. I need to. Okay, I need to check my. Like twenty bucks. I'm sure it has. Ten bucks, maybe. Yeah. Sure. No, maybe. it must have at some point in the past. Okay. But, Never uh, mind. Never mind. <laughs> but wow, this, no, it seems I'd heard so little about this. It's kind of like, snuck out there. I forgot it was coming out until I saw your post today, and I'm like, oh yeah. shit! And I looked at it, and I I bought it and had it downloaded by the time I got home. It, it's it's really really fun. Maybe it was just that, like, it was like, oh, Housemark is making a new thing. I don't even need to watch that fucking video because I know it'll be amazing. Yeah. And then, oh, it's out. <laughs> See, I mean, I, I badmouthed the end of Alienation, and I, I don't back down from that. It was good, but Alienation did not really work in shorter bursts. You it needed like to that devote last part time. Was just a disaster. Oh, yeah. It, it changed the way the game worked entirely. Um, in in Next Machina, you've got the arcade mode. We can play through all five worlds and it'll take you a while. Or you've got individual challenges where it says, play through this set of levels, hit this high score to unlock the next one. So you can play it in shorter pieces, which is kind of, I mean, the game is stressful. So mm. it, it works better that way, I think. And it's just gorgeous. It looks really good. Damn it. I think, I think Metacritic's on like 85, 87. It, it was 88 when I watched it. It's 16 bucks right now on Steam. Oh, it's well, on sale on Steam. Okay, so there's, there's ah, a little bit of a difference. I have my okay. mighty American uh, trade Yes, powers. it's 20% off right now. There you go. So. Let's check, uh, let's check Metacritic. Metacritic. Yeah, I mean, it's... Steam page. And I like the name. It feels like the name is kind of stupid, but I Ex still Machina, like it. Or Next Machina? Next yeah. Machina. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's 88 on PS4, 81 on PC. Okay. Uh, I, I, oh, I like a it a lot. Muscles. It is. There are screen-filling stuff where there's just voxels. I kind of just want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Never slows down. It's, but it, I mean, you you watch it on a stream. It's not going to look right. It's it's. This is one of those where yeah, unless you got yeah, unless you got really a 1080p stream, those little details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that that's the extent. It's been Mass Effect, and just starting today was Next Machina, and I ooh, and hey, local co-op, nice. Yeah, couch co-op. <laughs> I, uh... I'm spending chances money. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. I um. I don't know. I don't know why I felt the need. I think I just wanted to play something that wasn't Overwatch during E3, so I put in Wolfenstein: The New Order. That lasted about a half hour. Oh no! And then no, it wasn't. It was bad. It was just harder than I wanted it to be. Like I, I just wanted to kind of get some of the pulpy fun, and I should have played it on an easier difficulty. But yeah, I didn't. normal or hard? I just normal. Yeah, normal, I, I remember that game being a it, little unforgiving. It's a yeah. slog towards the end. I guess. Yeah, it had, it had some bites to it, and there were, it had some bite to it, and some stuff towards the end was absolutely fucking brutal. 
Um, when you crash land in Berlin. Fuck. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. So I put about a half hour into that. I'm like, ah, it's too hard. I don't want to play this. And then I, uh, I booted up Horizon, and I was just in a place where it would take me too long to get back to the open world, and I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> so I ended up probably playing like five, six hours of Darkest Dungeon between last week and this week. Ooh. And this week, oh, and I really should point out, I keep on getting plays of the game on Mercy for solo resin guys. Weird. It's, I don't, and it's, it is like really kind of crazy. Like what was, uh, I don't remember what the, what the last one I got one was, but last night I'm playing Horizon, the new map with my brother, and I very quickly identify that this Hanzo on my team is lit. He is going off. He is getting picks. On the first push, he gets two guys within five seconds. So I'm like, okay, whenever the rest of my team doesn't need healing, I'm just sitting with this Hanzo buffing his damage. And he just kept them off the first point all fucking round. He carried the entire game. And uh, I got to the point where I fly away, I heal the tank, and when I turn back to the Hanzo, he's at half health. He's got a Torbjorn and a Junkrat on him. So I fly towards him, and I hook up the healing beam, and he fires off his ultimate dragon thing. And the dragon thing kills the Mercy, and then the Torb and the Junkrat kill him. Well, I'm not going to let this guy die, so I solo res him. <laughs> and I hook up the damage beam, and he just smooth as silk, turns around, headshots the Torb, turns around, headshots the Junkrat. Jeez. So I get about 30 fire, in quotations marks, for each of those assists that I did. The, the Mercy uh, with the heal assist and the Torb and the Junk with the damage assist. I get 50 fire for resing him. That works out to about 150 fire. Just for killing those three guys, he got about 300 fire in the same amount of time. But for some reason, I got play the game for saying, this is the guy who's going to win us the game and being right about it. Like, <laughs> I don't understand why it keeps happening. I felt really bad for the guy. It was weird. Um, oh, side anyway. note, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is in my house now, so it, it will get played eventually. It's behind, it's behind Mass Effect and Prey, so I've got a lot of good stuff to play before I get there. But That is appropriate. Yeah, Here's genius. the thing, though. Go, based on precedence, he's going to hate it. No, I'm not oh, going no, to hate it. I'm can't. not going to hate it. Oh, please. Hey. Please. I can give you Max Payne fucking three and you'll hate that shit. No, come on. There are games we both liked. Um, Far Cry the, Primal. Far Cry. Okay, there was Far Cry. We both liked the Far Cry games. There was something else. There was something else recently. There's a lot we of Far Cry like, in that. Yeah, we were, we were both like... Oh, we you know, both decided the new there, Wolfenstein was the game of the of E3. That is We true. agreed on that. that. Yeah, and you know what? There is a lot of Far Cry in Horizon. So, yeah, that may, yeah that may get you through. As long as the combat clicks for you. I think you... Okay, potentially. I'm sure it'll make me mad at first, but I'll come around on it. I found it was a lot more fun when you got the slowdown ability. Oh, yeah, yeah. Invest get in that, that. Get that early. Okay. Yeah. okay. There's a, there's also one that lets you slow down when you're jumping. Yes. Ooh, so what you can awesome. do is you can knock an arrow, pull the pull the bow back, and then just hop ooh, and land your shot. It's really and nice. It, the, the camera work when you do that is fucking spectacular. It's so gorgeous. <laughs> it's so gorgeous. Can't wait for you to play it. And 4K, man. 4K support. That's going to look Pro. sweet. Finish that shit. Hot as hell. HDR. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, Horizon is a very different map for Overwatch. It's... Um, it feels a lot tighter, and it feels like it takes a lot longer to get from like your spawn to the defense point, or from the attack spawn to the point where you can start attacking the point. But I think it's because it's all these twisty little hallways, 
And there are straightaways, there are some large rooms, but because it's so dense, I think it feels larger than it actually is. Hmm. And the uh, the choke to come in to attack the first point is way more open than any other choke in the entire rest of the game. It is like it makes the it makes the choke on Numbani A look like uh, look like a pinhead. <laughs> like hmm. like there are there are so many ways for the attackers to come in, but at the same time there's so many places that the defenders can set up to just wreck people as they have to funnel through this fairly large open space. And then when you get to the second point, point B, attackers um, have some options for approaching, but there are still incredibly long sight lines that a defending sniper can just wreck your entire team as they approach. Mm. And then once you get to the point, there are platforms above high platforms that like uh, Reapers and uh, Pharahs and Widowmakers will just be up like 40 yards above you, raining down death, and you won't know until they kill you. It's It's a really weird map. It took me like probably five or six games until I started winning on it. Uh, so it's really weird. Hmm. Um, but it, it's still, it's a new map, it's fun, I'm still learning it. Um, but every time I play Tracer on I just get my ass kicked, I feel really bad. Anyway, went back to Darkest Dungeon. <laughs> went back to Darkest Dungeon. This is with the new stuff, right? Crimson Court, you got that? Well, no, last week I was playing the PS, uh, my, my PlayStation version. Ah, okay, okay. And I was just kind of enjoying it, and there were, there are still things in the Radiant update that I haven't, uh, that I hadn't played yet. Like, I think it was, uh, it wasn't the Swine Guy, no, it was the... It, there was there was this uh, this new enemy in the the wheel the forest area that every time you kill an enemy on its next turn it will turn that enemy into a mushroom that mushroom does nothing except prevent you from healing mm. and oh it was brutal it was absolutely brutal and I ended up fighting like four of these things in a single run it was absolutely awful I lost almost my entire team. <laughs> But, can you uh, kill the mushroom, or can you do anything to the mushroom? Yes, like you can kill. You can kill the mushroom, but once the mushroom appears, that debuff that prevents you from healing will remain until the fight's over. Oh, that sucks! And okay. if it's beat it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> do anything for the next six or seven hours. Yeah, no. Go to go to a safe place. Be with people you trust. <laughs> if you have like a water feature, that is key. That that'll keep you really calm. And uh, so the Crimson Court came out last night, and it's a bit like adding Reign of Giants to Don't Starve. It's if that makes any sense. Uh, what I read it does, about it and got really mad about it. What but Reign of Giants? How, yeah, it's so good. But just how? Yeah, like you can't just choose to go to the courtyard. You have to find a random drop. Oh, that. Yeah. Well, okay. Ugh. Yeah, that part pisses me off. But what it also does is it introduces a bunch of mechanics throughout the entire rest of the game that have nothing to do with the courtyard. Well, like they are kind of involved with the courtyard, but you don't have to go to the courtyard to start seeing the effects of the DLC. And um, you have to do, I believe, a couple runs. Like, for, for me, it opened up on just the next, um, the next mission I did. I just ran a mission through the wards, did fine. And when I got back to town, there was like a plague of mosquitoes or something, mm. like a buzzing infestation. And so we got we to gotta go to the courtyard to investigate this. And I just had one little mission where I go to the courtyard, I have to, uh, I have to burn a bunch of hives with some special torches. But to get to one of the hives, you have to deal with this mini-boss called the Crocodilian. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> it's like this cross between... Um, a crocodile and one of those... Is it called a Sumerian toad? Is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah, just, just giant-ass toads. Just no, those, those those toads with, like, the... 
with that they birth their young, literally they just c- crawl through out of the thing's back. Oh. And leave all these holes in its back. Yeah. And it also has six legs like an insect. Oh. And it is fucking monstrous. And uh, so it was a hell of a fight. It was really, really fun. But now the co- the courtyard is locked out until I get an invitation, apparently. And um, and the infestation that's coming from the courtyard will continue to spread to uh, to the other areas of the estate, and you can only kind of get what you need by going there. And it seems random, because I've done I think one other run outside it, and I haven't found anything related to it. It's I the guess Sir Inami Toad, and you're right, that is isn't that up. fucking disturbing as shit? Yeah. Oh god, it's a Why weird shape too. It's like a, it's like flat. Yeah, it's a it's flat weird, toad. Right? It's so gross. It's super gross. Oh, so, you yeah, so, too. Yeah, the yellow shit? No, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, so the crocodilian was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and, um, and like, there's new events popping up at the Hamlet. There's all these crazy new trinkets. Oh, God, what was the trinket I got? I, I found a trinket that, like, adds plus 35 damage with no down effect, no downsides. What? To, to dealing with these, these, like, vampiric enemies. Hmm. It's really cool. There's a bunch of new trinkets. There's a bunch of personal trinkets for every hero. I forget what the one I got for the Arbalist was, but it was something like a, a cherished doll or something, something from her childhood, and it massively increases all the healing she can do, and uh, I think it ups her dodge or something. Don't quote me on this. But again, no downsides to this trinket. Uh, I just, just before we finished, um, I finished another run a half hour ago, and when I came back from uh, the ruins... Uh, I had a flagellant waiting for me in town, and it wasn't. He didn't like show up on the stagecoach. It was like an event. This hmm. this guy has shown up. Do you want to, him in your party to introduce the new class? Yes. 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 So I haven't I haven't played around with the flagellant yet. He sounds a little complicated. Uh, he's a <laughs> yeah, little intimidating. I, I, I could not deal with that guy. <laughs> oh, you tried him? No, I mean, ooh, maybe I should get back in the darkest dungeon, but well, I don't. I'll... I don't know enough about, like, I haven't played them to really understand. Like, I've read all the little bullet points they've got about them. I kind of get the gist, but I need to understand mechanically how he works. Like, uh, I would try my damnedest not to be in a situation where I'd need him. Well. Because you basically just need him to die before he's yeah. really useful. Yeah, like, you need him to get to, like, I, he at death's door, he becomes really interesting, apparently. Yeah. Uh, but he also has a huge buff to uh, to death blow resist. Huh. So it's it's hard to kill him, but at the same time, apparently, he is always bleeding. Every one of his abilities will cause a bleed debuff to happen oh, on him. God. And so you're at death's door, and every turn you're guaranteed to be taking more damage, which has a potential to kill you, and then you might also be getting hit. Like, it's, this it might just be... Is, it, there's nothing else like it. No, it's 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 quite unique, and I love I love the the look of the new area. I love every new enemy I fought. They're all crazy. There's like these mosquitoes, and they just look like these silver, really nasty, spiky mosquitoes. And one will you know try to suck your blood or something, and you can dodge it, or it can hit, and if it hits, it sucks your blood. And then the mosquito changes because now it's all fat and full of blood, and its next attacks do more damage. Like it's, it's so cool. It's so cool. I'm really really happy about it, and I almost want to put it aside on PC. To wait until it lands on my Vita. Uh, they said they anticipated in July. I would be really surprised if that's the case, because this has a bunch of fucking bugs. But um, but I'm loving it. Like, I'm back in love with this game that has been a favorite of mine since, I think, like, early 2015. It's 
It's been a while now. Yeah, it has been a while. Yes, like, I have been loving this game for two years, and it just keeps getting fucking better. <laughs> and this is just the first DLC. <laughs> now, Crimson Court was not free DLC, correct? No, I wanted, yeah, like ten bucks. I forget how much. Price. Okay, that's not bad. This, is, this yeah. is an expansion pack. This isn't just some DLC. Well, well, I mean, if it affects the rest of the game, then absolutely. They're like, it's calling the kind of it thing DLC, that, but that no, a year. It definitely yeah. is an expansion pack. Uh, Ten ninety nine Canadian. Hmm. Or there is the Ancestral Edition bundle of Darkest Dungeon with the Darkest Dungeon soundtrack and Darkest Dungeon of the Crimson Court, all for just twenty three fifty five Canadian. So nineteen ninety nine. Wow, it is fifty two percent off right now. Wow! Steam so, sale starts tomorrow. Yeah, but this is fifty two percent off right now. I know, but oh. wait, wait a day. Steam sales tomorrow. I'd be surprised it's a brand new release. Anyway, so yeah, I'm really quite pleased with Crimson Court so far. And still... I got shittier games in Overwatch. I almost walked away from Overwatch. Sure. Yeah, I know. It would last like a day and you know last. I'll last a week sometimes, then I'll go back to it. And the weekend will come around and my brother say, you playing? And I'm like, oh, sure. Let's go play. Fine, I'll play. Fine. (laughs) Okay, so uh, Alex, what what games have you been tapping? Um, I haven't been playing a whole lot. Uh, I've been reading a lot of... Uh, I finished Cards, Guards from Discworld. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that post. That actually made me want to read those books. I'm not going to, but it did make me want to. They're, oh, they're so good, they make me jealous. Like, I, I wish <laughs> I could write like him so bad. And it's just, it's... <laughs> He's good. Like, he just knows how to just... It's hard to put in the words. That's something I haven't already said in my blog. But he, he just has a sense of character for every single person that speaks... Well, that's what sold me. I mean, he's just his sentence structure is funny. I don't know how to describe it. Hmm. Like he can just, it takes like the most obvious cliches and just manages to make it funny, and over the disc- and over and over again. Sorry, is uh, Rimworld? Discworld. Uh, Discworld. Is this the one that's on the back of a giant turtle? Yes. Okay, so there are like thirty books in this series. Uh, there's tons, and this like there's some, there, yeah. there's some that just like there are whole books where he just follows death. And this book is just about death as he wanders this universe. And this whole other series of books in this series are about these other characters who don't appear anywhere else. Yep. It's really interesting. It's just a universe that he keeps on exploring. He just wrote like two a year for like 20 years. Mm -hmm. Jeez. And they're pretty damn good. Some of them are great. Yeah. Like his hit, like, oh man, imagine Stephen King was twice the writer he is and funnier. (laughs) Because, I like, don't think much. I sense there was a rip right there. Yeah. Why is he so popular? Um, because of Carrie, actually. What happened was he self-published Carrie, and then he, I think he paid for one billboard in New England for it. And then it took off a little bit. And then it became a movie. And once it became a movie, he's Stephen King. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because like, his like, mainstays are pretty good, but like honestly, the, except for The Shining, they're not... Did you read uh, Running Man? Uh, no. What was the one he wrote under Richard Bachman? You've never seen... It's The Running Man. I know what it is, but, like, is it good? Well, I mean, I don't read very many books, but I remember it being decent. Yeah, the the stuff that he writes that aren't explicitly horror stories... Yeah, he wrote that under his pseudonym. That was a Bachman book. tend to be more interesting, like Stand By Me. I like The Green Mile way better than most of his work. Green Mile? Yeah, Yeah. Stand By Me, Green Mile. Wasn't Stand By Me him? No, pretty sure it was. Yes, it was, yes. Yeah, so he he does do interesting stuff, and his, um, his... Concepts are generally more interesting than how he does it. I find he I, I, the best way I've ever found to put it is it feels like Stephen King himself really doesn't give a shit about his characters. Nope. Hmm. 
Uh, like they, it feels, yeah, it feels like he really has no love for them. Regard the only one that he did have love for that he really felt was Roland in the Dark Tower series. Yes, he loved that guy. He romanticized him so much, and so we loved him too. Hmm. And like speaking of what, like like already this book, Guards Guards, is like more is happening in the story in addition to being funnier than like the drawing of three. I'm honestly, well, I finished that already, but like I was interested in what was happening with this like cult made up of just lower middle class assholes that couldn't figure out how to get promoted <laughs> to like like joining this cult so they can like oh it's so goddamn funny and it I cared more about like that like offset second rate villain in this book than I did about almost anyone besides Roland in the drawing of three mm-hmm. <laughs> I just I, I really appreciate that like I, I, I get that he cares more about his characters and I appreciate it yeah and that, that makes all the difference. And writing can be really, really shitty, actually. Yeah. But if um, if you, the reader, are invested in these people and you want to know what happens to them, th- that will cure you through a novel. Yeah. Basically. And like, when he wants to get whimsical, it's charming and neat. And when Stephen King tries to get whimsical, all I see are the words cocaine, 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 written <laughs> over and over in different typesets. <laughs> Bigger and smaller. Like, which one? Which which Roland book had like the train that told jokes? Uh, I, f- I don't right? remember the title of it. And it doesn't work. It's not funny. No, it's it, like no. I don't. I don't think Stephen King is ever funny. No, or at least not intentionally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but there was that. For, first of all, the first book is amazing and really brings you. Into drawing the world. a three is very good. Yes, uh, and the one, um, the Song of Susanna. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Are these all dark? No, Tower no, books? no, 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 no. Yeah, not song of Su- not song of Susanna. Um, yeah. uh, Wizard, no, fuck. Wizard in Glass. It's it's the one where he talks about his childhood. He tells them the story okay, of his I childhood. Uh, I forget what the name of it was, mm-hmm. but that one was spectacular because it wasn't about uh, it wasn't about Eddie and and Susan and the kid. It was about Roland becoming Roland, and it was amazing. I loved that one. I, I th- probably read I'll it like say four it, times. The trailer looks pretty good. It looks amazing. Just, just him reloading. Like he's just so effortlessly badass. Yes, and I think it's a bit too much when like he throws the, he throws the rounds into the air and, and catches, catches them, them in the gun. Yes. Like that's a bit much. I'm on board. Same, I'm I, I am totally on board for that. Yes, <laughs> I'm totally on board for Magic Cowboy. I, I want, I want Luther to have magic powers real bad. Luther? Oh yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah, there's. I think one of the things that one of the things that sold me in the first book, beyond just that opening, of the man in black fled west across the desert and the gunslinger followed. What an incredible fucking yeah, opening so sentence. good. Um, was one of the first things that happens is he comes across uh, like a grave, and he reaches down and he pulls up a jawbone, and he just recognizes that this jawbone is very powerful, and so he puts it in the satchel. It's a powerful talisman, and that's it. It's so simple, and it's clear as day to him. And then he moves on, and later in the story, he's almost about to die. He pulls out the jawbone, holds it up, and it saves his life somehow. (laughs) And then it's magic spent. He tosses it aside. I just loved that. I don't know why that had such a profound effect on me. I was like 13 when I read it the first time, but I loved it. It's like every random object in this universe could be magic as shit. Yes. Yeah. And I kind of like it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's the jawbone. doesn't matter what kind of jawbone it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. (laughs) Well, having exhausted our gaming... Oh, wait, I saw two movies. Mm. Saw two movies. Uh, the live-action Beauty and the Beast. Oh, okay. 
Don't yeah. watch that. Okay. I didn't. I wasn't gonna. It was. Yeah. Oh, uh, Chamberlain, did you take your kids to it or something? Uh, I I did not. My wife and daughter went to go see it, and, and their reaction was more of a. Uh, they, yeah. they they came back kind of like. Eh? Yeah. They just what, didn't... What's what's have Beauty and the Beast and just suck all the fun out of it? I had Basically, read that the Beast it, wasn't beastly enough. No, he really wasn't. Um, Emma Watson, who you'd think would just explode in this, feels really ineffectual, and you don't really give a shit about Belle. Yeah. And Belle is literally my favorite Disney princess. <laughs> I love Belle, and I have a huge crush on Emma Watson, just like anyone with eyes. Mm-hmm. And, and no, like, it sucked. It really sucked. Hmm. Uh, the guy they got to play, and the whole rest of the cast was frankly better than Emma Watson. I really hate to say that, but it's true. Ouch. And that's every time that's happened, and every time they <laughs> make any, it's really, really uh, almost scene for scene. The book or the uh, the the cartoon they yeah. added in some new songs, some new scenes, and stuff, and some different lines. But every time they do something that is directly pulled from the cartoon, they put a little twist on it that annoys you because oh. it was better in the cartoon. Yeah, and like how do you outdo? Mrs. Potts, I, you can't do it. It's really, it's really off-putting. It looks really shitty, basically. Compared, I remember to... liking this more when um, Murder She Wrote was singing this. Yes, <laughs> and uh, that's Emma Thompson. No, not Emma Thompson. Yeah, it's um, Emma Thompson's um, Mrs. Potts in this new one this time. Yes. This that's, time, yeah. That's not yeah. bad. That's not bad. No, it's it's a really good casting choice, but again, it's anyway. I've spent too long in this shitty movie. Don't watch it. Watch the cartoon again. Who's Cosworth now? I. Uh, don't know, but he is also really boring. Um, Lumiere isn't bad, but that Be Our Guest song feels like it goes on like for an eternity. Well, I, I, it kind of did, though. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it was super bad. Anyway, then I watched Hidden Figures. I liked Hidden Figures. I really liked Hidden Figures, and weirdly enough, one of the things that I like most about it is, Alex, what's the name of the guy from Moonlight? Ugh. He's also, he's also in the first half of Luke Cage. That's right. He's tremendous. Name? He's tremendous, and in Hidden Figures, he's just there to be really, he's really just impressed. The yeah, he's just there in this really small role to be really, really impressed by these women yeah. <laughs> working at NASA. And, and he's to, good at it. And he's really good at it. It's a very humble performance from an actor right now who's like, his star is shooting. And all, the three core women in this are all excellent. I don't know who the, the woman who did the uh, the lead was, but she felt like a revelation. Her smile could light up a room. And if this is a period piece. It is talking about um, uh, talking about civil rights in the states and all that jazz. It's also talking about this really interesting kind of part in our scientific history that no one has talked about before. And um, I forget uh, forget the name of the woman. This is at the time when. They don't have computers that can plot trajectories for spacecrafts. And they're in the middle of the space race with Russia. And in the middle of the movie, as they're doing the first, uh, the first mission that will send a man into space in the States, they are in the process of installing the first IBM computer at NASA. This computer is going to take away the jobs of all these women at NASA whose job it is to do these calculations. Um, and they are like uh, scientific phenoms. Like, no one else can do what these women can do, but this computer is going to replace them. And this one woman understands that this thing is going to come, no matter what. Are you thinking com- of Octavia Spencer? Thank you. Octavia Spencer realizes that this device is going to come. Um, their jobs will no longer exist once it gets up and running. So I'm going to open this book of programming 
and be the only one at NASA who understands how this machine works. Yeah, there's a little scene with her just talking to herself, like psyching herself up, being like, "I'm gonna learn the shit out of this," and it's that's oh, right, it's so good. And 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 she does, and she becomes like considered like the godmother of coding. <laughs> shit, like this is a really interesting true story, spectacular uh, costume design, world building, excellent performances from the entire cast. Uh, that guy from Moonlight, and oh fuck, it's great. And Kevin Costner actually coming back and being relevant again. That's cool. Yeah, and yeah. I liked how his character was the exact amount of a dick that he needed to be, but maybe a little too wish fulfillment-y with he gets to knock down the sign. Yeah, but that, other that, than that, that felt that felt a bit much. But I I believe that that probably happened. The thing that I don't believe happened is that the guy who runs NASA went down there with a crowbar. He probably you know Not said, "Hey, Phil, go he bust may, that." He asked someone to remove it slowly. I carefully. guarantee you. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> go get a screwdriver. Deal with that. He didn't smash it. Keep but, it, <laughs> keep it clean. Keep it clean. Shh. On the down, though, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but no, it was really good. It was really good. Hidden figures. All right, so before we get to headlines, for Father's Day, mm. my family purchased a book for me. Mm. And I don't read, but they found one that I will read. I will read you the opening paragraph, and we'll see if you can figure out who the author is. Yep. In the beginning, nearly 14 billion years ago, all the space and all the matter and all the energy of the known universe was contained in a volume less than one trillionth the size of the period that ends this sentence. God, is that Cosmos? No, nope. you're close though. It's Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh-huh. Astrophysics for people in a hurry. That's great. Oh, yeah. And that, have you heard oh. uh, read any Bill Bryson stuff? I have not. I have not. Um, short. No, what's, what's it called? Um, not short history. Yeah, short history of nearly everything. Okay, it's a lot of fun. I, I made an attempt at reading A Brief History of Time by Sagan, and it's it's dated now, unfortunately. Mm. Oh, but are you thinking of... Um, uh... No, that, that's Brief History of Time is uh, Hawking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sagan put out a different one. Um, anyway. Cosmos. Cosmo, yeah. yeah, Cosmos. Cosmos is dated. Um, Brief History of Time is actually a little dated now, too. But this one, it's, it's specifically designed to, in bite sizes. The science isn't dumbed down, but it's in like short enough chunks that I can read a little bit and then go do something else. But he's American science teacher. Plug Tyson again because I love that man like you wouldn't believe. I would send he, money he, his way. <laughs> he gets a lot of exposure, but I wish he had a show that was less Cosmos and more Bill Nye. You oh, know? he has Star Talk. It's pretty good. I never seen, oh, that I've podcast is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes he has um, Gene from Bob's Burgers on. Hmm. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a good podcast. So you got a book for Father's Day? I got a book for Father's Day. Is there anything else? Do they like make you a steak or something? Uh, no. We actually went hiking in the woods and got a little bit lost, which is always fun. Well, that does sound nice, actually. Yeah, we went, a three-mile hike turned into four and a half miles, but, you know, Jeez. what are you going to do? <laughs> I would have been saying, it's Father's Day. Carry me, children. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Does that mean it's time for headlines? I believe so. Headlines! <clears throat> in Overwatch news, new moon base 2 capture point Map Horizon is now live on all platforms, along with the balance changes that were previously on the PTR. The Roadhog nerf has gone live with no changes. Mm. A lot of people are pissed right off. Uh, the Oni Genji skin and Officer Diva skins are now freely available. Uh, not listed in the patch notes, the red outlines of your enemies, uh, which some aimbot cheats use to identify targets, now suddenly fluctuate among a bunch of different versions of the same shade of basic shade of red. So it's completely indiscernible to the naked eye, but it completely fucks aimbot programs that use nice. it to identify, like uh, yeah, to identify targets. That's Clever. Awesome. Yeah. 
Uh, data miners have also uncovered the names of two new potential maps. <clears throat> Maun, Maunganui in New Zealand is an escort map, and Utopia, Symmetra's, Symmetra's hometown, is uh, King of the Hill. Uh, so that might not be true, but if Maunganui is real, that is Roadhog's home uh, uh, home location, because he is definitely from New Zealand. Based on just the uh, the vernacular that he uses, like I'm sure I say A like every fucking sentence, <laughs> and I don't notice it, he uses a bunch of uh, New Zealand slang. So I was hoping for, uh, oh, not Sweden, oh shoot, Poland, because he's got kind of a Witcher thing going on. Hmm. What for? The white hair and the ponytail. For Roadhog, oh, yeah. I just want to see him without the mask, because I in my in my head without the mask he actually looks kind of distinguished. Mm. Yeah, I don't know why I think that. But <laughs> I, I mean, do. I love how um, Valve is held out and not showing the pyro. Well, yeah, okay, fair enough. Okay, there's there's power to the mystery. Agreed. In fact, wasn't there a theory that the pyro was a woman? Yeah, that's a good mm. one. Mm-hmm. Um, Roadhog's gonna look like Frasier. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> Epic Games Fortnite will actually launch on July 21st uh, for PS4, Xbox One, and PC with a physical release produced by, of all people, Gearbox. That's funny. I'm, it's funny that that game is even releasing. Yeah, I, I don't. There's like no hype on that one anymore. Be, well, for, who, who is that game for? I is it free really to understand. play? Uh, I well, you'd have to buy a copy. Oh, so it's not even a free to play. Okay. No, no, it's a game. Yeah. They want you to pay money for it, and it's been uh, like ten years in the making, right? That's going to go the same way that that other oh, what was that other the Gearbox game Battleborn. that was Battleborn? Yeah. Yes, thank you. That's exactly what I thought. Yep, same oh, yeah. thing. Man, that broke my heart. <laughs> Sorry, dude. You liked Battleborn. Sorry, dude. I really you loved did. it. You loved it. I really did. There was not enough shit to do. It was <laughs> tragic. I, I wanted to play it more, but there was wasn't enough to do. I don't know, some, game, some games you do the same thing over and over and over again, and it's good enough because it's just that fucking fun. Darkest Dungeon, Overwatch. Yep, that's true. Uh, isometric RPG Pillars of Eternity, which Eurogamer called the Baldur's Gate 3 we never got, Definitely. will come to PS4 and Xbox One, and City Building, Sim Ci- or City Building Sim City Skylines will come to PS4 both this year. Uh, Skylines is already available on Xbox One. See, Pillars of Eternity is a good, it's good news, but I know if I tried it, the same thing would happen as did with Tides of Numenera, that I would play it and it would be such a throwback that I just wouldn't be able to handle it. Maybe. But the people who it's for will absolutely love the game. <laughs> it might be worth looking at reviews. Well, I mean, the, the reviews of Torment were good. It's just, even they said that you need to be in this game's target audience to enjoy it. It's not going to, it's not going to convert anybody yeah, but what I'm saying is, what if you look at reviews and they don't say that? They say mm. that this is a beautiful update of a formula. It's made it so smooth for the modern consumer. It has all the good parts and and none of the stuff that a modern consumer would find unpalatable. Well, then, I would lose, saying, then I would lose 200 hours to it, probably. <laughs> I'm not saying that review exists. I'm just saying it might. It might be worth... Yeah, we'll you know, see. We'll see. More RPGs for consoles is always a good thing. I'm never going to complain about that. So. Agreed. Uh, upon its launch in Japan, Fighter Arms for the Switch sold about 100,000 copies in its first week. Now, I know that doesn't sound like much, but Japan is a small fucking country. 100,000 is literally 10% of the installed base for the Switch. <laughs> when Tekken 7 on PS4 launched in Japan, it sold 59,000. Street Fighter V did 42,000. Mm-hmm. So Arms basically outsold <laughs> both of the last two big fighting franchises on the fucking Switch. That is nuts. It's ridiculous. 
Now, we should couch that by saying that, of course, it's going to sell a ton because there is that traditional post-launch drought right now for Switch. Mm-hmm. Nothing big is really coming out. And Tekken 7 undersold on PS4 because it's been out in the arcades for years. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Tekken 7 had been out in the arcades for through different variations for literally over two years. So people who wanted to had already been playing it. They don't necessarily need to own it at home. Well, it's sold and, more than Street Fighter V. Well, that's because Street Fighter V isn't very good. Oh, yeah, wait, did I say that out loud? People didn't know that at the time. Yes, you did, and I'm kind of amazed. I mean, the fact you didn't say a word about it for six months was a pretty good clue. Yeah, yeah. I haven't touched it in a long time. Oh, tragic. No, not really. And four, <laughs> was, and 4 was such a force. I loved 4. I still would like to go back and play 4. You, you know, you could. I could, and That's I probably still are. Nah, that, well, okay. The, the stack of other games that I'm trying to play is stopping me. <laughs> Horizon! It's there. Uh, in an interview with Eurogamer, Uncharted The Lost Legacy's creative director and writer Sean Eskiag was asked if the series could, quote, carry on further without Nathan Drake, and whether or not he thought The Lost Legacy was, quote, the end of its characters' stories. He he said, I wouldn't say it's the end, dot, 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 I doubt that highly. Yeah. So we might get The Last of Us 2 and then another little Uncharted game or something. What was their daughter? What was Baby Drake? What was her name? Do we have uh, her in a game? Spoilers. What uh, is spoilers? This is game is how many years? How many years old now? One came out last year. One year. Yeah, yeah, but I okay. forget her name. I forget her name. But you're okay. absolutely right. I want to see her. Uh, That'd like, be cool. Yeah, and her like her parents are all pissed. You can't go adventuring. You're too young. And she's yeah, like, just, fuck you. Just, I'm gonna find the lost city. <laughs> yeah. Just age her by about ten years. Make her like twenty two, twenty three, something like that. And you know, mm. and and Nathan is of course still overprotective. <laughs> it could be fun. No, it'd be super fun. It would be super fun. In fact, when I got to the end of the game, that's that's the next thing I wanted to see. I wanted yeah. to see that game. And watching the game, I watched like, I don't know, 90 seconds of 10 minutes of gameplay that they put out the other day, and I realized that watching that gameplay, I have wanted to play a female protagonist in an, Unch- in an Uncharted game since like Uncharted 2. Hmm. Since Ever since Elena kind of became Elena... Yelena in my head from Uncharted 2. She's been the most interesting part of the games. And all of the little banter of Chloe and just like the the way she says the Nathan Drake-esque things, but it's only something that Chloe would have said. Mm-hmm. I really I really am enjoying this. Like maybe just the change of protagonist is what that series needed. Typical. Um, there is a rumor floating around. Uh, this comes from a pair of industry insiders who are known to have ties to Rockstar uh, via Twitter in the past week. Uh, and the rumor is that the ambitious and impressively boring police procedural L.A. Noir will be getting an upport coming to PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Yeah. If it does, I will not be fucking buying it. Who, who's asking for that? No one. Like what happened to that studio that made it? Maybe they they're they're insisting that they can bankroll their next game oh, off dead. an upport of Ellie Moore. Long dead. Long dead. No one wants or cares to hear from them again. That game wasn't awful, but it was kind of boring. It I mean... was boring as fuck. It had its moments, but I think the real reason that that game kind of sucked. I mean, there were a lot of reasons. But the real reason is you're supposed to, to have conversations with people and determine they're lying based on yeah. their acting, and. It captures their performance really well, but their acting is not good. No. Nope. Nope. No. You need better better voice actors, better facial actors on that one for that. Yeah. So. And had some really fun TV cameos, like half a cast of Mad Men's in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that was true. That was cool. 
Um, Fallout 4 VR has been listed for PlayStation VR uh, on a release from an Australian retailer called JB Hi-Fi. They're a big deal down there. It's like Best Buy. Hmm. Um, the Necromancer will finally arrive in Diablo 3 on June 27th for $14.99. You'll also be able to buy the base game with the DLC, digital only, for 40 bucks if you have a PlayStation Plus or Xbox Gold membership upon launch. It'll go up to a normal price of 60 bucks later. $15 for a character. Yeah, and let's... Uh, when, when did this game launch? This, a long time ago. Diablo 3. <laughs> I just... 2010, I think. 2012. So it has been literally 15... Wait, no. It's five, been five years. Five, it's been five, five years. years. Pardon me, my math $15 for a, a character feels a little stiff to me. Yeah, I'm, that, like, that's I have that blizzard feeling. Yeah. <laughs> We're worth more. <sighs> I haven't looked into it. Like, maybe it has a new campaign or something. I don't know. I don't think it does. Cause my no, brother, my brother plays Diablo. He, 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 I mean, like, like hardcore Diablo. This is, I mean, he, he, he's the one who told me that Diablo has seasons now. Which I'm like, what? I don't get it. I didn't know that was a thing. Either. Yeah. Um. And he's like, ah, oh, fifteen bucks. I'll probably do it. I'm like, but you play a barbarian. Well, but I need to have all of it. So I get that. I don't know. I don't know. I get that. All my fallouts in Borderlands seem to be complete. <laughs> Um, IO Interactive announced this week that they are now a fully independent studio and they have obtained, quote, complete control of the Hitman intellectual property. Uh, they dropped the price on the intro level on all platforms to zero. So basically there's now a free demo to the game and anything you complete in that uh, original mission carries over if you buy the main game. See, now I want to know whose idea it was for the game to be episodic. Was it IO's idea or was it Square pushing it on them? And we'll know that by what they make next. If there's going to be like this another episodic second chapter of Hitman, yeah, or if they release season. a full game after this. Well, I, I feel like um, I feel like what would be safest for them at this point would be to do another episode, a next episode, well, a quicker return on investment at that point. It, exactly, it's quicker to do, cheaper to produce, keeps the studio going. I mean, that was always the theory of the episodic structure. But very few studios have made it work, and I'm not sure that Hitman did. I mean, Hitman, yeah, see, I think that actually worked okay episodically. I mean, I, I granted, again, that game was not for me, and I, I bounced off it, but I could see what was there. It was quality. It it did work kind of chunked up, because it's like, okay, here's your mission today, and this is what you're going to do, and then, you know, a couple weeks later, here's your next mission, so... I don't know. I mean, I'm glad they got a hold of that, and that we're not going to have Square making some game that's called Hitman that's not Hitman. Yeah, <laughs> Can I you really... imagine that shit? Yeah, and I really hope I really hope they land on their feet. I hope I hope they keep going because I have nothing but love for that studio. They must have had some cash laying around or or good lawyers to be able to hold on to the Hitman IP because Square Seriously. is not exactly generous about these things. Yeah, you wouldn't think that some guy at Square would be like, you know what? We're really sorry, you guys. You deserve this. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> no, some fucking suited Square is not going to do this. They're going to count a bunch of beans and say, what can we do with this IP? Well, look at how successful Tomb Raider was. Get rid of this thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Square Enix math. It's impossible. <laughs> uh, Darkest Dungeons Much Ballyhooed DLC, The Crimson Court, has launched, and it is hard as fuck. It's ten bucks. Uh, Housemark's newest title, produced in cooperation with legendary arcade artur Eugene Jarvis, who made Defender, Robotron, and Smash TV, is now available. Eurogamer have called it, paraphrased, the game of Housemark's career. Feels that way so far. I'll let you know next week, so I'm going to definitely put some more time into it. I really should check it out. Um, doomed rhythm game Project Rap Rabbit has officially failed to even approach its Kickstarter goal. <laughs> That's sad. 
uh, not unexpected at all. No. <laughs> but it is sad because I thought that gameplay they put out, like, I love the world that this game takes place in. It's a in. nice poster. It's a really cool poster. It's and a like Japanese art style I haven't seen before. Come on, let's get yes. one of those. I really like that. Uh, the dev said that they had a lot of good meetings at E3. Pardon me, at E3, and it seems that it is still po- possible. They seem quite kind of confident about it, actually. Uh, I really like the gameplay concept that they showed, and yeah, I love the the, um, the visual kind of idea of the game. I would be surprised if it actually happens. Nah. Well, who's I mean, going to you... publish it? Ubisoft. Who's going to invest in it after such a failed Kickstarter? Yeah, that's. They're going to look at it and go, you don't have a market. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, there is a market for games like this, but it's not the mainstream market. No. It exists on, it exists on Vita, basically. Tons of rhythm games on Vita for some reason. Uh, or 3DS, I could see. Or Switch. Or Switch, for that matter, yeah. 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 Will there be uh, like a permanent like black market for Vita games in the future? Like new stuff? No. Made by modern no. stuff? No. No. There would not be enough platforms out there to support it, I would imagine. Uh, the developers of the Banner Saga said this week when asked about a Vita port, which was like GeoCourcy came out on stage on PSX like two and a half years ago and said, we are go- we have teamed up with this other studio. We are going to make sure Banner-, Banner Saga makes it to Vita. And then we've heard not a peep since. So they asked the developers about it this week, and uh, the devs said, quote, we will be providing an update on the status soon. Um, that's the whole quote. So it's probably just a no. You know where it's going to come out. Switch. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's too old to come out on Switch. You don't think, you don't think Nintendo would take just about any... Oh, I think Nintendo would. Uh, I don't think the developers are interested. Mm, I suppose like, it depends uh, on how hard, how hard it would be to get running on the Switch. That's right. I don't know what is living inside there, if it's Windows or what. Yeah. Uh, in an interview last week, Microsoft's Phil Spencer said that new first-party games and third-party exclusives, quote, won't be ready for another two to three years. Oh, my oh. God. That is quite a while. That to is an eternity in video game years. That is an eternity. That is most of a generation. Well, that means next E3 is going to be even worse. We're going to have Forza Horizon 4, because of no, course no, we no. will. Just because these games won't be ready for another two to three years doesn't mean we won't see them. Uh, We're going to see awesome CGI trailers for, like, five fucking things. It'll be uh, cool. Yeah. See, I want to love... Microsoft's hardware. I really do. And I'm going to buy one. But when they do stuff like this, guys, come on. I only get such a stiffy over the hardware. You need to give me something to do with it, too. Well, yeah, I mean, if you really love the hardware, you'll find something to do to it. I, ooh, I, love, the, I love the hardware. But then I've got Horizon Zero Dawn right here, so. <laughs> now that's content you can really love. It, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, Arcane Studios said this week that Anita Sarkeesian, this is my favorite news story of the week, said that Anita Sarkeesian's criticism of the original Dishonored is directly responsible for the player's ability to play as Emily in Dishonored 2. And if you look at roles for women in Dishonored 2, specifically Billy Lurk and, um, uh, well, basically all kinds of female, there are all kinds of female characters in Dishonored 2 that aren't prostitutes, maids, Mm. witches... Or murder victims, <laughs> or like, and, and that's really what it was in Dishonored One. Um, the only kind of main female character is this little girl that you're protecting. Then there's your lover, her mother, who is killed in the opening minutes of the game, and then every other woman 
is a prostitute. <laughs> like it's it's really bad. It Poor was man. really really it was really really bad in Dishonored One. And so um, the guy who runs the studio had an interview with Anita Sarkeesian this week, and he was talking about the criticism, and he said, <clears throat> at first, you take some criticism and go, wait a minute, and then you look, and it's like, wow, every woman dishonored one is either a servant, a prostitute, a witch, a queen, or a little girl, or a mistress. We have a mistress also. You know, that was not an intentional choice. <laughs> So when something like that pops up, you can get defensive if you want, or you can say, guys, just let me ask you, did we mean that? And I'm, this is not the quote now, but is that like what we meant to say by this game? I'm going back to quotes. The answer is no, we did not mean that. Would the game be worse if we took an action on this criticism, or would the game be better? The game would be richer and more interesting, and we carried that over into Dishonored 2, and we're very happy we did. And that was like one of my first takeaways from Dishonored 2, is that this is a game that does female representation really well. It does Arcane's really... games are like Swiss watches. They are. They're really good. They're really beautifully designed. Yeah. And, um... Well, I mean, yeah, okay. They, they are really, really beautifully designed. But I think that that was... That was one of those criticisms that was 100% true of the first Dishonored. But there's always this fear when someone makes that criticism that an artist is going to censor their work or do something that, I don't know, you never want it to be censorship. But it is important to point out when this occurs. And to to have that be kind of taken and taken really, um, really constructively. And to make a game that is actually turns out to be a great example of the antithesis of what um, what, what feminists are kind of pointing out is quite damaging in gaming. I, this is great. Yeah, it was just like I didn't think of Dishonored as a, as sexist, but like it, it's not as soon as it gets pointed out to you, it's like wow. Well, they didn't yeah, think well, about it either. They just made a game, and, and you know that's, that's why they need more female writers because they can see it from a different perspective. Stuff is like plain as day to them that I just walk right past. That's right. And so, yeah. Thank you, Anita Sarkeesian. Yeah, that was, that was some good word. It was. Uh, celebrated Gonzo Indie FPS Super Hot is coming to PS4 and PSVR, quote, in a few short weeks. No date. Man, that in VR would be nuts. That would be fucking awesome in VR. I, I, I'm really. Have you played it? Did you play it? I, I never did. I meant to. It's one of those games that I meant to, and I kept watching to go on sale, and it never did. <laughs> But I really, I know it's a super short game, and I'm fine with that. I could probably mm. buy it and knock it out in one sitting. It's just again finding the time to yeah, do I, it. I think I'm pretty much definitely gonna check that when it launches. I've wanted that one for a long time. Yeah, I always feel kind of bad that it was Xbox only. I don't get excited about the idea of VR at all for things like Fallout VR. I'm like, well, I'm gonna be nauseous for 60 hours now. Great. <laughs> Whereas, like, doesn't the headset kind of suck after like 20 minutes? I, I don't oh. know. Now, apparently the PSVR is actually the most comfortable of the VR headsets. Nice. Good. But, but super hot, for at least in my, in my head, how I picture it, really fits in mm-hmm. VR. With kind of the sparser, more artistic visuals, so you're not fighting that. It doesn't need to be a graphical powerhouse, but the, the moving time, and, it, and it only, the time only moves when you're moving. I, just, I think that'll work. I hope it'll work. Yeah, that feels like it could be super cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Terry Crews was confirmed as a playable character in Crackdown 3 this week. Okay. Well, where's the character he was supposed to be in Overwatch, then? What? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure that's still coming. Okay. Um, Terry's and... gonna die rescuing the president, or Terry's never gonna die! <laughs> <laughs> I want every, every line he has to be just screaming. 
just constant <laughs> screaming. I, I've, I've hit the part of Brooklyn Nine-Nine where they really hit their stride, and I'm, I'm super on board now. It's so good. There is a BBC show called Cuckoo, hmm. um, where this uh, this straight-A daughter goes off to have a year before she goes to university or finishes her university in Thailand or something, and she ends up meeting this hedonistic hippie guru guy, marrying him and bringing him back to, like, you know, Wales or wherever she lives with her family, and it's Andy Samberg. <laughs> yeah. And there's like five episodes of the dad trying to get rid of Andy Samberg and slowly coming around to liking Andy Samberg, and then he just and then he's gone for the next two seasons of the show. Oof! I know they just like wrote him out of the show. I don't know why, but once it switched to Taylor Lautner, oh, as playing a different character, but the same basic character of like the the weirdo that the family has to adjust to. Uh, it switched to Taylor Lautner. I made it through like an episode and a half, and I'm like, no, you're no Andy <laughs> no, Samberg. He Taylor doesn't. Lautner. He, he, who let him into entertainment? I, I just oh, that's uh, harsh. The, the Twilight movies. <laughs> that's that's what I'm mad at. Because like the sad thing about Twilight is, what's his face? Uh, the other guy. Oh gosh. yeah, yeah. He's not bad. He's not bad when he gets like good material behind him. But but he's the Twilight guy. <laughs> he's never gonna escape being the Twilight guy. And the the fun of the la- of the press tours in the last couple movies is when like he's. He's he's basically resigned to like the acting equivalent of flipping burgers, and he is just on the edge of, <laughs> of death. <laughs> and he just does uh, not give a shit anymore. What's what's weird is even though Kristen Stewart is like, you know, everyone has a Kristen Stewart impression basically, and she is the girl from the Twilight movies. For me, she's always this really strangely androgynous-looking child from Panic Room. Oh yeah, remember that? Yeah, that was yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I still see her every time I see her. She wasn't bad in Adventureland. Uh, I never saw it. It's not you bad. told me not to. Oh, wait, Adventureland. Oh, Adventureland. No, that was good. Wait, yeah. Adventureland? Yeah. Jesse Eisenberg? Yes. And then yes, he did okay. Zombieland, and they're weirdly the exact same movie. Oh, okay. See, I am thinking of Zombieland. I don't think yeah. I saw Adventureland. Oh, what was it? What was it? Uh, there was another It was another Jesse Eisenberg. It was uh, American Ultra. Oh, how was that? That wasn't bad, man. That was a fun show. That See, was like one of those action movies from the 80s. It was mm. nice. It was good. I like it when Jesse Eisenberg's having fun, because that's the he, only time he's any good. Yeah, he would know he was definitely having fun in that. He did not have fun on Super- Batman Superman. <laughs> Nobody had fun on Batman vs. Superman. Oh, oh, man. I saw... <laughs> Nobody English was having fun in Wonder Woman. I saw a comic, <laughs> I saw a comic this week. I think it might have been about uh, the, new, uh, the new Injustice... But like Batman and a bunch of his buddies are about to take on Darkseid, and Darkseid is gonna destroy the world. And uh, and Batman says, "Do you have anything to say before we destroy you?" And Darkseid goes, "My mother's name was Martha." <laughs> <laughs> and Batman goes, "No!" <laughs> and one woman goes, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" <laughs> so brief segue. Okay, now talk- it's done. Now it's dead. Yeah, talking about Wonder Woman here and how 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 good it is and how it's crossing generational things. Um. Last night was the summer solstice, and we had a barbecue in the backyard. Not barbecue, fire in the backyard, and, and whoever wanted to come over came over, and we just kind of drank in the backyard. It was yeah, a good time. This giant man, incidentally, met out of wicker. We yeah, yeah, fire, it was kind of fun. Else happened. Nicholas Cage was yelling, "Not the bees!" It was. Well, just anyway. we we had he wasn't covered in bees then. I guess he was just. Like... <laughs> anyway, my my neighbor, who is a, I want to say mid sixties dermatologist, okay. typical doctor living in the suburbs, he wanders over. And he starts talking about Wonder Woman yeah. okay. and how much he loved it. 
All right. And I'm like, wow, that's... I'm not even sure any of the Marvel movies could have made that jump. <laughs> so it was just bizarre. And I haven't seen it yet, and I really should at this point, now that it's got the endorsement of my stereotypical rich neighbor. Well, he walked over because there was a fire and drinks, but then that he just kind of it kind of came up in the conversation. Oh, okay, I thought he just walked over exclusively to talk about. No, no, like... no. He, he walked over exclusively because there were people and there was wine. Okay. Um, okay. But then he, you know, un- completely unprompted, he doesn't know I'm a gigantic nerd. You know, just out of nowhere, say, like, "Hey, has anybody else seen Wonder Woman? Because that movie was really awesome." <laughs> it was. He's right. It really was. It I was. I know. I will at some point. I will get around to possibly, maybe, hopefully, in the theater. The CGI sequence is a mess. Just prepare yeah. yourself for that. Yeah, it's too much. But uh, but the rest of it, everything leading up to it, is great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's 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 still Zack Snyder in there somewhere. So I was gonna. Have he got to top writing credit. Oh my Did god. He? Yeah. God no. There's I none cackled of him in there. on those credits. Yeah. No. It's like uh, I I can see that now. And finally, <laughs> everyone, I put up a trailer just at the end of E3 last week. It was two trailers and one thing. Two indies that no one covered during E3. One of them was called Unruly Heroes. Ooh. Everyone needs to watch that fucking trailer for Unruly Heroes. It looks like trying except interesting. It looks like no. Uh. It, um, it looks more. It looks mechanically tighter than trying. That was always my problem with trying. Yeah, was that controlling yeah. it always felt like shit. Yeah, this looks like a gorgeous brawler that you can play co-op if you want to. Made in the UbiArt frame. Oh, it looks really good. It, it no looks one really uses good. UbiArt. No, no one does. Like, Ubisoft made literally three fucking games with it, and we haven't seen anything since Child of Light. I don't think... Oh, no, no, wait. There was uh, Valiant Hearts, right? Whatever. Oh, that World War One one. That yes. was Ubisoft. It was actually yeah. not bad, actually. Mm-hmm. But this looks fun. This looks gorgeous. Check out Unruly Heroes. If there's one indie that was announced at E3 that everyone should be talking about or looking forward to, that looks like it to me. Hey, oh, Monkey okay. King stuff is always good. <laughs> Did, um... What was it? Uh, Child of Light. Did anyone make it through that? Yeah, I finished that. I did. I welled uh, up at the end. Did it? Yeah, it was really bugging me towards like midway point. Oh I man, the think... writing is not. It was a better idea than it was executed. Stop yeah. rhyming, guys. Please stop rhyming. Yeah, yeah that no, was get got no. Once you start, stop it. Now I mean it. Regardless oh, of God. how disappointing this is to you, we're gonna we're gonna do this all the way to the end. We're not gonna stop. <laughs> we're not turning around. You sit down. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You cannot stop to go pee. We're going all the way. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, even though like there was a lot of it that was really shitty, I really disliked the combat. I thought I thought the combat was kind of a, a neat idea that they didn't really execute perfectly. No, I, not at all. I don't even remember the combat at this point. <coughs> um, every, it, was, it was turn-based, wasn't it? It, it was kind yeah. of turn-based, but also kind of timed. There was like a thing at the bottom where your portrait flows along okay, to yeah. some point. Yeah. Yeah. It was really weird, and you could like interrupt their attacks, but they could interrupt yours. It was shitty. The combat was shitty, but it but looked this, gorgeous. Unreal Heroes. Looks this nuts. looks, yeah, it mm-hmm. looks absolutely gorgeous, and I'm going to be very sad that it's not on my Vita. But there we go. And you might get 13 Sentinels. You might get 13 Sentinels. I might get 13 Sentinels, and if Whatever I do, I'll have every good Vanillaware game on my Vita. <laughs> <laughs> Except for uh, Grand Kingdom. Grand Kingdom wasn't that good, though. No, sorry. Uh, Grand Knight's History. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Grand Knight's History wasn't uh, like a George Camatani vanillaware game. It was made by the same guy who did Grand uh, Grand Kingdom. But mm-hmm. I liked it better. I liked that it was like flat turn-based. I really liked what I played of it when I played the Japanese version. It was so deep, though. I mean, you just, 
Yeah. Grand Grand uh, Grand Kingdom was too yeah. deep. Yeah, it was too much. Like it was really designed to be played forever, but each fight wasn't different enough to legitimize making that it cool. It got really some grindy, really yes. fast, and it then you level did. up. You're like, hey, you're like just slightly better. <laughs> yeah, but not much, not yeah. much. But it was pretty. I gave it that. Yeah, and uh, that's all I got. Speaking of leveling up. Alex, did you hit the level cap in uh, Mass Effect Andromeda? I think I did. Because I'm getting nervous because I've only finished three planets. Oh, no, 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 I didn't. I, I had like 20 left. There's enough for another playthrough. Really? Because what is the level cap? I thought it was like 40. I think it's 40. Yeah, because I'm already level 30. Oh. And I'm only done with three planets. And I'm getting kind of nervous about that because I really hate when you... Oh, yeah, no, it's the worst. ...run out of content before you run out of... You know, levels. That was, the, that was the thing I hated the most about Fallout 3. You were stuck at 20. You were just, I finished the main story, and now I'm capped out. What the hell, Fallout? The Far Cry games do that, too, actually. Yeah, If, if you play them slowly and carefully, you run out of abilities to unlock before you run out of game to play. And then it just kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a little nervous about that. <clears throat> March 23rd, 2017. Since this post was first published, it has been confirmed that Mass Effect Andromeda's max level cap is 132. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Never mind. Then we're good It'll to be, go. Because I don't remember right. that being a problem. That would have pissed me off, because usually level 30 isn't enough. Yeah. All right. I feel then. like you're just trying to keep me from building a broken build, and that is a violation of RPG <laughs> player to I design I should be ethics. able to design an absolutely broken build. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, if, if I choose to kill boars in the forest for an extra two hours, I get to <laughs> kind of cheat a little bit. <laughs> I put in the time, goddammit. I... Did we talk about how bad the menus are in that game? Oh, what do you? What, what, menus isn't really bad. I don't me. like that. It, the, it's very difficult. Well, it's that, but it's very it's very difficult to compare items. Like when you yeah. when you're yeah. looking at the crafting area, you have to click the right thumbstick. I'm playing on playing on a console. Click the right yeah, thumbstick, too. and it'll oh, compare. Yeah, and it, and, it, and it compares items, but it, it it doesn't compare like items. Like if you're if you're looking at a an assault rifle, it'll compi- compare it to your pistol first. Oh, I love how it would your you shotgun. pin uh, materials that you needed. Yeah, that was nice. But I haven't really had a problem not having materials that I've needed to to craft anything. Really, I mean, every time I I don't get back to the ship, but once every like ten hours because you're going and doing other things. I'm not. Oh, constantly... we played this completely different. Yeah, I'm not constantly running back. I to was. do this, <laughs> I, I mean, I will stay out on the planet until it's done, and then I will go back to the ship and do all my crafting, and buy stuff or whatever, and then I'll go back out again. So it, it's my 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 away missions are extended. I am not running back with a, a cargo load full of stuff. I'm just. Did you get you know. to New Chunka? Which one? New, New Chunka. Not yet. No, just oh, just finished. I just finished the ice planet, and I got I got to take the magical fish lady back to her home planet. And then I'm sure the next one will to go. Okay, okay. I, I mean, those bosses, those big three-legged bosses, are actually kind of interesting. Oh, they're so good, but it's the same boss every time. It is, but the second time you fought them, it it actually mixed it up a little bit because on the ice planet, you have to deal with exposure. It's really fucking cold. So if you're too far away from heating elements, you slowly die. Oh, yeah, that was a good fight. We were going through that military base. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, and, and then you come across this gigantic, like, like skyscraper-sized robot you're fighting, and you have to hit him in the right spots while dodging his fire while not freezing to death. So it actually it yeah, reused was, yeah. the enemy but made sense and it was still interesting. So I don't know if they could do it two more times. We'll yeah, see. they're going to. Oh, uh, well. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, lack of content. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Fine. Uh, I don't know. I think, okay, where in the continuity is this compared to the um, first three in games? In between two and three. Okay, so they don't know at this point. Well, I mean, because they've been, they have been in stasis for 600 years. Uh-huh. So they're sent out. They're, they sent. They're sent out between two and three, but they've arrived in the Andromeda galaxy well after the end results of Mass Effect Three. Mm-hmm. So they don't know that all the mass relays are gone. Nope. And there's no way home. And you don't get a satisfying answer to that question in this game or ever. Now, come on. I I would love to get that message back as a, as a little throwback, you know, to see what happened in, at the end of Mass Effect Three or something. They're like not that. talented enough writers to pull that shit off. <sighs> yeah, I can tell by listening to the characters talk that they're Look. not talented enough writers for that. And yet, I will finish the game. Well, they begged for what's his name who helped out with Mass Effect Two to come back, and they made him lead on. Uh, uh, Anthem. Oh. Well, yeah, they made yeah, him lead right hope. Anthem. There's hope for that, then. We realized we can't do it without him. No, they couldn't. <laughs> like, even a pretty good to mediocre Andromeda game just really took the wind out of Bioware sales for me. See, I, I read, I don't remember where it was, I should find it and post it, is there was kind of a post-mortem on Andromeda and why oh. it is the way it is and yeah. how it was basically a different game until about 12 months ago. That was Kotaku. Oh. Yes. Yes. What does that mean? Well, they were they were trying to make it all procedurally generated. They were they really were trying to make I No Man's Sky that Mass Ice Effect. Planet was a mess. Yeah. And and they realized that it was just it was just wasn't fun. It just wasn't working. So they had to go through it and and slap together all this content to make a game out of it. And they never they were never able to get the Frostbite engine to play nice with anything else. It's like not good for RPGs, apparently. It's great for shooters, but not good for RPGs. I don't understand why. This is what was in the article. Uh, part of the reason the facial animations are, are bad is because they were like internal fights between different engines, different programs to use for facial animations. Hmm. So some was done in one, some was done in another. This one won, so you got to slap it all together into that one. So, so the production was a complete mess. I it was. It was. It was a huge mess. So, I mean, it, it's sad because the bones are good, but my God, the paint is so bad, and the carpets are mauve. Oh God, <laughs> it's got stucco on the ceilings. What the fuck, people? <laughs> anyway, I think I'm about tapped. Me as well. I'm tapped out. All right. But I got God Wars coming for Vita. Nice. That'll be nice. Fun. If it ever, sh- if it ever fucking actually leaves the place. Uh, I was I was supposed to get my new phone today. It didn't show up either. Amazon Prime is not paying for itself. It's okay. Eventually, they control all grocery stores, and then you won't be able to complain. <laughs> God, Amazon's gonna make us all fit by not letting us buy foods that are bad for us. I mean, they, fuck you, Amazon. I want my Twinkies. I, I hate to say this, but it kind of looks like they're trying to take over the world, and they just might get away with it. It's Am- It'll be yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's going to be a, a new sci-fi game made in the, in the near future where it's going to be Amazon versus Alibaba. So we're going to have a new Deus Ex where those are our factions. Amazon, Alibaba, and maybe Google on the side. They That's found a way to make servitude convenient. <laughs> Everybody works at Walmart now. Anyway, 
That's bleak. And what are Alex. you going to do? Get another job? They don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. And we don't pay you enough to afford to not shop here. Ha ha. Oh, company store. Oh, why has no one made that? Walmart is a company store. Oh, shit. Gotta That's start on depressing. That. That's really depressing. It's really depressing. Oh. Um, <clears throat> uh, South Park Stick of Truth comes out this year. Woo! Oh, hey, God. hey, here we go. A, a damn funny RPG. It's a nice. fucking time. All right. Alex, thank you for joining us. Yes, sir. Chance, thank you for talking. My pleasure. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you in a week.